0: Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning. So if you see the trailer for a new movie, a new film, some kind of new offering, how do you think you're going to watch it? Are you going to go out, take your partner, your children, find a cinema, buy popcorn, buy a Coke or a Pepsi, and spend some time going out and spending the day with 50 other people watching the movie? Or are you going to watch the same movie at home on a streaming service on your TV in your lounge? You're living through one of history's great transitions. From a situation where the best content was first shown on cinemas to where the best content is now first shown on a streaming service. And sometimes the best new content is both in a cinema and on your television at the same time. So then, How is this transition going? What impact is it having on the people who create the content, the filmmakers themselves? Is there any future at all for cinema or for the sort of shared experience of watching a movie with people? First this morning, the transition. How streaming is taking over from cinemas? Or is it, Tina's Ferreira is an independent television critic, then the experience that cinemas can give you or the cinemas hit back? Linda Ginia is the director of Drive Through SA Cinemas. And then, Kakiso Medupe is an actor and film producer. Are they making less money or more money when there's so much more demand for content? We start then with the TV critic, Tinas Ferreira. Tinas, good morning. Hello. It seems so strange to me that a film can be both in a cinema and on a streaming service at the same time. Why
1: are the people who own this content making these decisions? because the people who own the content um, are in both businesses at the same time. So as you rightly said, uh, the studios who used to make the movies and who worked with distributors to get them into the cinema sort of um, doubled up. They created these streamers, so they sort of have two mouths to feed with these little monsters called Netflix and HBO Max and Amazon Uh, Prime Video. So um, Amazon now uh, owns MGM, and MGM used to make the movies, but then Amazon goes, uh, Oh, besides putting it in the cinema, as you rightly said, we also want content for this extra side plate on the table. And now there's this um, internal duality and internal battle of uh, we do want to uh, take out the food and put, the, put it on the beautiful table with the fine linen, but we also actually want to uh, feed these other people on the side table as well. And then there's this battle between um, for how long should we have the, what we call the exhibitor window, uh, for how long should it be in the actual cinema for people to see there before we can shunt this content um, into the next window where we can also try and make uh, money. So it's the same people who sort of have to uh, keep uh, uh, all the children happy. Uh, I mean, on one level, I can understand all of that. It still
0: seems strange to me, and maybe it's just because I'm a child of the video era, but... You you know that a, that a, that you can watch a movie in a cinema at the same time as you can watch it on a streaming service. They don't even wait like a week or two weeks or a month to try and get as much money as they can out of the cinema before showing it on streaming.
1: Uh, luckily, uh, sanity is starting to uh, prevail, and um, after sort of COVID made it worse, where they just realized people are not going to the cinemas. And they just sort of funneled uh, all of this content that was still in the pipeline immediately to the theatrical window. Uh, In April, uh, America has like an annual what they call like a cinema con, like the big sort of like for uh, cinemas uh, executives and uh, the studio executives there came out and said, "Okay, we're stopping this." We're we're no longer going to start uh, sending the stuff to our streaming services so quickly obviously standing applause from the um, uh, Exhibitors who who sort of like agreed and they kind of realized like they're kind of underselling their content They kind of telling the audience and and this goes for from NBC Universal to uh, Warner Bros Discovery to Disney they go like if we uh, sort of don't have it in the cinema first and we don't sort of make our own uh, spectacle about it, uh, the message that we are sending to people is that maybe this this isn't like really a good film to see, this isn't really like a big screen, a big event uh, to go and experience in the cinema. We need to pull back a little bit and actually have these things breathe. And also the data has now shown that if it does go to the movies first, it is sort of like allowed to breathe. Through the rest of its sort of monetization, through all of these other windows, pay TV, free-to-air, streaming, whatever, it has longer legs eventually uh, because it's sort of more in the consciousness.
0: There, 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 there's a reason why the phrase straight-to-video is a pejorative phrase. It's actually an insult Ooh. to content, Ooh. and that's the message. Um, I'm slightly surprised things haven't gone the other way in a way, and let me explain what I mean. Um, from time to time, there's a sort of big-budget Mini series, think of the or series that's released on a streaming service, think of The Crown, think of Shaki Ilembe. Um, I'd often wondered if someone was going to have, when they sort of debut, big cinema showings of those shows. I mean, if people are prepared to, you know, watch go to a cinema for an hour and a half for a cinematic event, Top Gun or whatever. They, I think, given the hype, given the amount of money put into it, would be happy to go and watch two episodes, the first two episodes of Shaki Ilembe, together
1: in a cinema. What Netflix did last year for their one murder mystery uh, sequel, Knives Out 2... They actually did put it in the cinema, and uh, guess what happened? They made, I think, $30 million, and they uh, stopped it again after two weeks. So there's so much more money to be made that they just sort of leave on the table, and you wonder when sanity is going to start to prevail with these uh, executives uh, to realize that they're actually leaving money on the money on the table by not uh, actually – putting it in a few cinemas, like you say, and it sort of builds that anticipation and it signals to the audience that there's something worthwhile to actually go and see in the cinema. So we'll see if they sort of realize that uh, there is still value in uh, uh, big screen theatrical releases.
0: It seemed at one point there was just too much quality content on streaming services, films and series. I think many people now look at their streaming services and think there actually isn't enough, there's nothing for me to watch. Why has it happened? It seems to have gone from too much to nothing.
1: Because they want to grow the streaming services. So they, uh, they're going for subscriber growth at all cost, and they sort of damaging content by putting it on the streaming services, whether it's uh, high quality, premium, prestige sort of content or just sort of run-of-the-mill content. And they're confusing the audience because your normal average person wouldn't really know oh this is a great sitcom or this is a a bad movie it's just all on there to sort of create the illusion of this this uh never-ending uh story stream of content and uh because they want to get the subscriber they want to retain the subscriber they want to minimize the churn of people who sort of cancel and it is not really sustainable in the long term, so I I think we're going to see like um, a shaking out and definitely a reckoning coming in terms of the streaming services, just sort of scooping up content, putting it on the streaming services, uh, irrespective of what they're actually doing to uh, sort of the whole ecosystem and actually damaging cinema, damaging television, and like you say, straight to video is exactly where we are now um, in terms of the conundrum for streaming services.
0: Tinas Ferreira, thank you. Independent television critic, really appreciate the time on SFM. 17 minutes to nine, your mediated conversation continues about this transition from cinema to streaming, or is it about to transition back? Linda Guine is the director of drive Through SA Cinema. Linda, good morning. Stephanie, good morning. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. You run quite a different cinema experience. What do you offer that makes right. it different from sitting, on your, sitting, sitting in your lounge? So
2: we brought back uh, the the eighties, nineties um, cinema style, which is driving cinema. So we were the first people to bring back um, driving cinema lockdown level five, which is it had a huge impact because if you remember back then only fifty guests were allowed into the space. So gradually, just uh, as the COVID restrictions opened up, we were able to gather more people. And we picked up that people enjoy the the drive-in cinema experience because they get to come with their family and they get to be comfortable inside their cars. And I just didn't know this, but back in the days, I understand drive-in cinemas used to have like a huge speaker, um, right in front of your window. Mm. But with the new technology that that we have, you can literally frequent sound inside your your FM
0: your FM stereo. I remember that you'd actually drive to a pole, take the take the speaker off the pole, on a cable, and put it in your <laughs> put it in your car radio, and all have a huge fight as to who got the speaker or who didn't. Um, the experience of watching a movie outside. Okay, so it's coming through crystal clear FM sound. What's it like to watch yes. a movie outside?
2: Look, um, as someone who's been hosting this for the last four years, I still get away in a sense that how is it possible to be sitting outside? um walter's suli botanical gardens and experiencing a movie with your family you know so some people it still comes as a different experience to them because they've never experienced some of this um like last month i had a guy who comes who came to the cinema experience in the eastern Cape. first things first he asked where's the big sound and we were just Mm -hmm. like no we'll give you sound frequency so a lot of people just enjoy that experience on having to leave the comfort of your home come with your family sitting in a parking lot and getting this amazing experience
0: i think sometimes people like to go to a movie to uh, one expression is to chirp it to comment on it to have a conversation you can do that in your car very comfortably did you see that or oh, that wasn't scary or oh, that's such a lame joke that kind of commentary can be quite fun and if the cars next to you hear you so be <laughs> it it makes it more entertaining absolutely
2: so i think driving cinemas you had to stay
0: um, getting licenses and getting everything, all of that sort of thing sorted out to, to basically show the movie. In other words, to get the rights to watch the movie. Is that a problem? Is that yeah. difficult for, for, a, for a sort of quite small business like yours? Linda? Can you, could you kindly repeat the question for me? Sure. You would need to obviously get the rights. As I understand the law, you can't just go and hire the DVD or download it and show it. You need to get the rights to do that. How complicated is that licensing process?
2: It's not really complicated today. Eh? Um, I mean, once you registered with the Film and Publications Board, um, it's easy for you just to get around and get hold of the production company. So sometimes you'd find that the movie is still under the production company or it's under the distribution company. And that information you use it is like public information. So I wouldn't say it's that difficult to, to get hold of a movie, especially if your paperwork is in order.
0: And I imagine you can get very different um, people wanting a very different experience at a sort of outdoor cinema. So some people might arrive in a very small car, it's two people, uh, they're going to basically watch the movie together. Um, and I mean, the history of drive-in theater is often about that. Sometimes you'll get a, a minivan or something with 10, 15 people in, in, you know, coming to watch a movie together as a big group. And they have a very different experience, don't they? So you can decide on the experience you're going to have.
2: Yes, absolutely. So, what we usually do put up on our website is the movies that we're going to show on the day. So, you have two options of either catching the first movie, which is usually a family oriented movie, or you have an option to catch a later on movie, which is usually different from
0: the one that was screened before. Do you find that new movies get more people to come and watch, or is it the old favorites? Look, I'm i
2: I'm 50-50 towards it. Um, like, I'll make an example with um, Kakisu Morupi's movie, Losing Lerato. You know, um, as soon as it was it was out at the cinema, we still got an opportunity to screen either the Eastern Cape. You know, so I'd give it a fifty fifty on that answer. Some people go to the cinema for new movies, mm. some people go to the cinemas for the old um, classics.
0: There's something about watching an old classic in a new way, isn't there? To doing it doing it in something that you've in something that you couldn't do when it came out and doing it sometimes with new people as well.
2: Absolutely. And you'll find that some of the scenes that you thought you'd seen on the old movie, you haven't seen it. But when you read it again, you pay more attention to it.
0: Thank you very much indeed, Kahiso Medupe. Uh, sorry, Linda Guinea, excuse me, is the director of drive Through SA Cinema. Uh, and of course, uh, he's involved in that side of the business. In a moment, Kahiso Medupe is the actor and film producer. What does all of this do for the demand for content? Are they actually making more money out of the content they produce or perhaps less money because of the way the economics of this is working out? 48 minutes, to, uh, uh, 12 minutes to, end, to 9 mediated conversation
2: on safm 10
0: minutes to 9 continuing your mediated conversation around this transition from cinemas to streaming Kahiso Medupe is an actor and film producer Kahiso, good morning and thanks for your time this morning
3: uh, good morning Uncle Steve Ovo. how are you
0: i'm well thank you what's better for That's your good. movie do you want to see it going straight to cinema or straight to streaming
3: Both. (laughs) I want to see both um, because then uh, that's two revenues of, of, of income. You know, um, and and there's this belief that cinema doesn't do well in South Africa, but it's about how you actually go out and market your film. And and it also depends on the story. And once you're done with cinema and taking it to, to, to like a Netflix, then that's extra income for you. So both for me has worked.
0: So you would prefer, I presume, to start in a cinema and then go to streaming. You wouldn't do both at the same time?
3: Um, You can't do both contractually because then um, you start with cinema and you have your cinema run at least for about six weeks depending on how well the film does and then only then you want to take it to Netflix and that goes into Netflix um, uh, four months later.
0: In the past, so a movie would come out in cinema, right? And I I said earlier, I'm I'm a child of the video era, okay? I was born before TV started, um, just. So so you would have two separate campaigns. The movie would come out, you know, this summer, watch blah-de-blah, okay? You would have the movie. And then about 18 months later you would have another advertising campaign because it would now be released on video or on DVD. So you had right. two chances to advertise the movie and you had two kind of events around the same content. And, and clearly the entire industry decided on that 18 months because that worked, right? That's what they did. Right. So now, does a film get the same level of support that it did before? Because then it had two big advertising campaigns. I don't think that happens now.
3: Um, it surely does. You know, it depends on the producer. And, and for me, it's it's still the same. It's just that it doesn't take 18 months anymore um, because of all the platforms that are there. Um, and, and you as a producer also, especially as an independent producer, trying to sell to as many platforms t- so that you can make money, one, but also to put your story out there. So the only difference is the time in between now. You still are able to do a cinema campaign and you're still able to do a a video campaign. Does it work if you
0: have a short interval? I mean would a longer interval let people sort of forget about it so you can make a bigger splash again? I don't know if that works. I'm not a marketing person. Um or yeah. do you want to sort of have it, you know, on streaming a week after it leaves the cinemas?
3: I think a week is too soon. Um, It doesn't really allow you to, you know, to actually just uh, give people a break because you want to have value for the people that actually went out to the cinemas. Um, So if you're going to have it soon after, then um, there's no point in people going to cinema. They can just wait um, for a week and then get it after that. Is
0: the content um, living for a shorter time? And let me just explain what I mean. Um, there was an yeah. interview with, with Steven Spielberg. You know you know him, of course. And he yeah. said in the 1980s, when he produced and directed the film E.T., which was a huge film in the 1980s, it was shown right. in cinemas yeah. for 18 months, right? I mean, I can't yeah. imagine that. So you could go to a cinema <laughs> in a big city like New York, and in and, and, and most of the big cinemas, you would have been able to see E.T. for over a year, Right. That's huge. Yeah. I can't imagine any kind of content living that long now. Look, we've
3: done Losing Lerato. And that has lived um, for like five years and it's still trending number one. Even now you look at films like Tando um, that we also did is still trending as well. So and with our latest film as well in Goma. So the trick here, Stephen, is that it's the story. If the story Mm. is a universal story and it's a story that people can relate to, they want to continuously go back and watch the film. If you look at Ingoma, it's more about a boy child and and the, the lessons that we're trying to teach a boy child. That is content that is going to be relevant for the next 20 years. So the content that doesn't really survive is that if I consume it once and I'm done with it, then I move on. If it's a Christmas movie or if it's a a feel-good film, I've watched it once and it made me feel good and I'm moving on from it. If it's action... I've seen it. I can't go and watch Extraction uh, more than four times. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense. Mm. So, as producers, we need to start uh, uh, having content that will live. That is lifetime content. Mm.
0: Well, I mean, it's back to the old classic. L- Losing Lerato is a classic. Um yeah. It's still relatively new. That makes it fresh. But it's a classic. How when you okay? So when you now have a have content and Losing Lerato is maybe a good example. Um, And and you've got a streaming service, Showmax or Netflix or whoever. How do you decide how long it will stay there? Because movies don't seem to stay there forever. They seem to be there for a period and then they come back. Do you get a chance to negotiate how that works?
3: Yes. So maybe to explain how it works is that we start in cinema and then we went to Mnet and we have a three-year deal with Mnet. After the three year deal, we have what we call an open license. That means that uh, it can still be streaming on Mnet, but Netflix and Amazon and all those other platforms are able now to also buy it from you. So then we are able to now spread it. And you also work with them in terms of a two year deal. And after the two year deal, there's a renegotiation. They may say, this is doing well on our platforms. We'd like to keep it. And which is the case with all our films. And, and and then you continue negotiating every two years. So hence I'm saying content is very key um, as a producer so that you, know, you, you are always renegotiating because your content is doing very well on those platforms.
0: It's so interesting because I find sometimes when I'm looking through um, the streaming services, I end up watching an older movie rather than a newer movie. And I wonder sometimes if that's just because I'm old. But I think it's also <laughs> because... Um, Some of the movies that are there, if they're older, are actually more likely to be better than new movies. Does that make sense? If something's still there, 20 years
3: later, it's a good movie. It goes back. If it's a classic, it's a classic it will remain there, which means that the contract is continuously being renewed because people enjoy watching it. I mean, I know I'm a huge fan of 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 Bruce Lee and I still want to watch Enter the Dragon because I relate to it and it takes me back to, to, to my uh, growing up days. So it all really depends on the content.
0: You're making content and there's really more content now than there's ever been and there are also more places to show that content. Yeah. So is there more demand for content? And does that mean that you and people in your position are able to make more money? Or is it not quite working out like that because there's such competition?
3: There's a lot of competition, um, which means that it can work both ways. You've got channels that would probably pay you two rand, uh, and that's the maximum that they would pay. But with the competition, most of the channels have now upped they are, they, are, they are offers and they'll probably offer you for rent now because then every, every channel wants to be the first to have that content, especially if you're a good content producer, you know, so it can work both ways. But after it's been played in one platform, you find that then the numbers start going down because then it's been exposed uh, in, in a different platform before. Uh, I don't
0: know if I'm making sense. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's an exclusivity at the beginning and, and it's got a higher, pri- a higher price on the premium and all of those
3: things. Yeah. There is room for more content um, um, that is in need out there uh, because the platforms are, are, have increased.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate the time. Chagiso Medope is an actor and film producer, as you can hear. My thanks also to Linda Guinea, who is the director at drive Through SA Cinema. And starting us off today, Tinas Ferreira, the independent television critic on this really interesting transition from cinema to streaming and, as Tinas points out, perhaps back again because it seems that they're going to stop this practice of showing a movie on a streaming service and on a cinema at the same time, which means that I didn't have to fork out quite so much money to see Thor 4. I mean really, 3 wasn't enough. Well, lots more to come on SFM. Stop laughing Kathy Planet. You can hear her <laughs> laughing in the background. Uh, plenty more to come on SFM through the day. There'll be a lot more developments as well. We will see you of course tomorrow. Yesterday Mkhlaka, I'm aware that tomorrow is Friday. From Zelma, from Stunza from Banyana from Mdu myself